now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Disney won't stop. Hope Molinex and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to Resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Resistance. In this episode... With the Aces in need of combat training, Yeager becomes their new squad leader and Kaz joins the team. But meanwhile, Tam begins her own pilot exercises with the First Order. There will be... Hype is not here for this My Little Pony bullshit. That bitch gets shot, and Kaz finally steps up into a new role he's wanted. We're talking about live fire this week. How you doing, Chris? I hope. No one cares. So we are joined once again by another fantastic guest this week. He is the host of a larger View of the Force podcast. He is also that Rebels guy TM, a fellow fan of animation, and a lover of cats. Welcome to the show, DeVore! Hello. Thank Ah! you for having me. Ah, Thank you for coming. I'm so happy you're here. So I have some questions for you. Go ahead. If someone has never heard of a larger view of the Force podcast, what is it about? So I guess the best way to summarize it is there's basically three big things that I do on the show. So there are deep dives, close reads, and connections. So the show is very much dedicated to taking a a very close look at Star Wars and really trying to analyze characters plot lines themes ideas and so that's the the sort of that's that's the deep dives and close reads elements of it additionally there's the third element which is connections and that's really about connecting to star wars to essentially the larger world so pulling in elements of let's say things from the real world particularly i'm particularly interested in bringing in like history and philosophy and showing the connections there with star wars Increasingly, particularly this year, I've been pulling in connections from other fandoms and franchises. So that's been, that's been an increasing uh, point of emphasis on the show. So I did an episode about Star Wars and Avatar The Last Airbender. I did an episode about a WandaVision. I did an episode with Falcon and Winter Soldier. So trying to pull in some of those thematic and idea connections between Star Wars and other uh, fictional franchises. So that's really interesting because our, our other podcast, um, Chris has just started watching Avatar The Last Airbender for the first I was, time. I was just here on mute going, ooh, 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 because when <laughs> you started talking about like sh- even connecting other shows, the first thing I thought is I was like, oh, man, Hope and I are doing like we we're, we just did an episode about um, the third episode of uh, Avatar last night and probably we brought up Star Wars like five or six times because mm-hmm. the connections are just all over the place and some of them are like surfaced like because we got the introduction of commander xiao and of course jason isaacs was the voice of the grand inquisitor yeah but when we did the first two episodes the director was dave filoni and the storyboard artists were three star wars people being dave filoni one carlo volpe and justin rich 
who is the producer of uh, Resistance. Um, so yeah. And then there was the thematic stuff and the, mm-hmm. and the, the Joseph Campbell stuff and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just all levels of it. He's an Avatar baby. He's starting to watch it for the first time. I just want you to yep. know, Chris, I, since I'm not physically with you, I'm just kind of like patting my lamp like, good job, Chris. <laughs> I'm getting a little virtual pat on the head. Yeah, but it's my... It's I'm getting my, that from every, I'm getting that from everybody. They're just like, oh, you're finally watching Avatar. That's, that's amazing. Like, basically, everybody I run into has already seen it. Everybody. Six-year-olds. I had a six-year-old turn to me and go like, "I could spoil that whole show for you." <laughs> Please don't. I have the power. And and, and I'm a full-grown adult who can kick year. a six-year-old's ass, so you better watch out, buddy. <laughs> I don't want to know. So I know you're a fellow fan of animation. What are some of your favorite animated shows? Because I know you and I have talked a little bit of She-Ra in the, in the DMs. Yes, yes, I do love She-Ra. Uh, She-Ra is a big favorite of mine. Um, I mean, outside of, let's say, Star Wars, because they're the obvious ones of, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars. Um, yeah, Avatar mentioned. I do love Korra. Um, mm-hmm. I am very, I'm very much not about the Korra hate. Korra is a great show. Um, you mentioned She-Ra, which is another show uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, I love Voltron. Legendary Defender, the one on Netflix. I need to uh, finish it. Like, I, I just got stuck in, like, 2020 land, and I never finished it. I'm, like, in season two right now, and I never got to the... And I was also bummed because I heard about how they handled some of, like, the gay stuff, and that always kind of bums me out in the show. Right. Um, Kipo. I love Kipo. Kipo's very good. Um, Owl House. Also, I've not... <laughs> I have not yet seen the season two premiere yet, but I am going to get there. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> but yeah, those are those are some of my favorites. Ah, good list. Good, very, very good list. Um, gosh, well, all you just said is like, yes, we will totally come and be on your other podcast <laughs> as we go through. I'm not, like, I'm like, I'm just gathering a list of like people to talk on our show. I'm just like, all right, there we go, Avatar. <laughs> so, um, to go back into our questions, what is it about resistance? that you love um so there's a couple of things i think one of the things i love about resistance is one of the things that i love about star wars animation in general which is to do a lot of that world building and to get deeper into particular time periods in star wars so of course with the clone wars we got to learn a lot more about that period that basically the movies just kind of gloss over with rebels we got that much closer look at the early rebellion and kind of building up the alliance, getting us up to a new hope. And then with a show like resistance, like one of the things about the sequel trilogy films is we, we tend to be focused. Like the focus tends to be rather small. We're really just looking at our core characters and we don't have a greater sense of what is the larger kind of galaxy. What are, what are kind of, ordinary people doing at the time that all of these big events are happening and so i like that resistance gives us that perspective of the people who aren't the jedi or the people who aren't the heroes but are still crossing paths with this larger struggle and with with some of these other kind of big characters um and i do like a lot of the characters that are on the show i've got actually um, you cannot see him right now because we are not a visual medium, but I've got my little uh, Black Series uh, Commander Pyre sitting here. 
on the desk. Uh, one third of what I like to call the First Order Power Rangers. Um, <laughs> yeah, him, Phasma, and Cardinal. All the like all the folks with the uh, with the colored armor. Um, <laughs> That's fantastic. I hope there are more out there. Tyranny just comes in and they're like, "You're not allowed to sit with us. You don't have a helmet." <laughs> exactly. Get out. Oh, does, is she like the the Gordon then? Zorda, Zorda, Gordon. <laughs> I haven't watched Power Rangers since I was a child. What is his name? Gordon, right? I I also have not watched it since I was a kid. So take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> oh, wait, Zordon. Zordon, the guy in the tube. Yeah, Zordon. Zordon. She's like the Zordon of them. Cause she, they're like, well, we, she's like, fine, I won't sit on you, but I'll tell you what to do. Yes. <laughs> um. So when I was asking people to be on the show and everything, you specifically chose this episode. What is it that you like about this episode and why did you pick it? Yeah, so what I like about this episode and why I want to talk about it was really two reasons. One is I wanted I wanted to talk about a Tam-centered episode because I think she's arguably my favorite character on the show. Mm-hmm. And also the other thing that I love about this episode is that it gives us one of these star wars staples one of these things that no matter how many times it's done i never get tired of it which is the training episode or the training montage or the training sequence whatever like i absolutely love that in star wars no matter how many times i did a whole episode of my own show on my own show where i just did a deep dive on trials of the dark saber so i love that trope in star wars that is one of trials of the dark saber is one of the Best pieces of Star Wars ever created. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so good. So good. Um, well, that's... I, I. So before we get into actually dive into the episode, um, something happened last week. So even though, of course, this is going to come out like three weeks. Something happened last month. Sort of news. This is going to come out like three weeks later. But I just wanted to talk about this right fast. Because something that Chris and I have been talking about through, throughout us covering this show was it felt like the show just got cut short. But we were told by the producers that it was always planned for two seasons, which always just felt a little odd, especially with how season two functions and tells its story. So last week, there was a 501st um, online thing. And Myrna Velasco, who is Tortoza, Christopher Sean, who is Kaz, and Susie McGrath, who is Tam, um was on the show and i want to preface this by saying i have not watched it yet but i have talked with people who have so they said that these three actors flat out said that the show was canceled not always planned for two seasons and it was just one of those things i was like i knew it i knew it i knew it so wow what a shocker that's what i i say yeah, I've always what? just been sort of playing along with it, but I I never believed it for a second because there's all the evidence is there that there was so much more planned and it had all it had the the whole rhythm of a standard sort of felony the way he he re- repeats and then builds on and starts deepening as it goes on and it had all this stuff to set up and then it just had to wind up and end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not surprised at all. I knew it all along. Yeah. But it was just sort of validating to hear that like, yeah, yeah it was canceled, which kind of makes sense because how they treated the show. 
um, especially especially in the wasteland of cable with Disney Plus coming as the show is end like as the show is wrapping up. So now we don't I, have to. Now I don't have to say whenever we come to a part where I go like, well, this goes to our conspiracy theory. Hope that that blah blah blah. Now I can just say, well, this is because they canceled the show. And of course, this is coming from like three of the actors. It's not coming from actual like from Lucasfilm. It's not coming from. Um, the producers, well, the producers were the ones that were like, yeah, it's only supposed to be two shows, seasons. Uh-huh. I, I, I just call it BS because it doesn't, it doesn't work or feel or function like a two-season show. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe the actors, agents negotiated them a different NDA or something. I don't know. Maybe they're like Oscar Isaac, who the moment he got out of Disney's NDAs, he was just like, fuck all you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the moment that John Boyega and Oscar Isaac got out of their Disney NDAs, just chef's kiss. Like, it was great. Good for them. Same thing with Kelly. (laughs) Good for them. So, thank you for coming on our news journey. We actually very rarely do news things, and this just happened to happen when you just happened to be here. So, I mean, I mean, what do you what do you think about this? Like that. Does it feel like it was always supposed to be two seasons or do you feel like, yeah, it was cut short? No, I, I have the latter feeling like it does not feel paced to two seasons. Like mm-hmm. it really does have that. Um, I think Chris mentioned it like that classic sort of Filoni build where it's 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 you're steadily like learning the characters and learning more about them. Like it does not feel um, j- just like the way that the story was moving along and the speed at which it was moving along. It does not feel like um they were going to wrap it up at the point that they did. It does feel like they had larger um, ambitions for it and then had to cut it short. I, my thoughts about this is I think it's right around the time of Cass's curse because between Cass's curse and station to station, that feels like there's an entire season there because there's a complete tonal change. Like the tone changes, the characters feel different. They feel like they've gone through a lot more and I feel like from station to station to the end, they just had to quickly rework that to quickly end the show. But like from from Into the Unknown to Kaz's Curse, that feels like the beginning of what should be season two. And from station to station to the end, that feels like what should be the end of season three. <laughs> and there's so it just I, I think that's where the cut was. Um, I have nothing to, to support this. That's just my theory. But I just there's a complete tonal shift between those two episodes. And it feels like we go from like going into the darker middle chapter to here's the end. So <sighs> well, are we ready to get into live fire? Yeah. I'm ready. <clears throat> Thank you for coming along on our news journey, by the way. <laughs> My pleasure. We're not usually a new show, and like I said, this is going to come out like in three weeks, so it doesn't not really news anymore, sort of. Anyway, ah, where are we? Live Fire! Live Fire is the 24th episode of Star Wars Resistance, and it aired on October 20th, 2019. I meant to practice this name, and I didn't, so I'm sorry if I say it wrong. It was written by Marguerite Scott? Marguerite? Mar- Marguerite? Marguerite? Anybody? Does that sound right, Marguerite? All right. Marguerite Scott and directed by Stuart Lee. Some extra information for you. The voice of Lieutenant Gallic is Christine Dunford. Her other works include the EverQuest video game series, the Purge television series, and Something So Right. 
Wow, I just thought this note was interesting because I was like, fuck that bitch. While that not stated in the episode, there are visual cues of what happened to the rest of Jace Rucklin. I don't know why it autocorrected to Jack. Jack Rucklin! Jace Rucklin's season one crew on the Colossus. The human woman, Lynn, is seen running with Tam and, and Jace to get to the drill so she... <laughs> Chris, I'm going to just restart all this. Sorry, cut it. <laughs> well, as someone stated in the episode, these are, there are visual cues of what happened to the rest of Jace Reckland's season one crew on the Colossus. The human woman, Lynn, is seen running with Tam and Jace to get to drills, so she has clearly joined the First Order as well. But the man's, the male Solistin member named Gorek, who is also, we should note, the only non-human, stayed with the Colossus and is celebrating at the in the party at the end. So before we move on, I just wanted to note this because I thought that was a very interesting visual way to show what happened to those characters. And without taking away from the show, you can pretty much figure how that went down, you know? Um, where they were just like, hey, Gorak, we're going to go join the First Order. And he's like, why? <laughs> they hate big <laughs> people like me. Um, and I, I just think that's a really interesting way of storytelling because we're familiar with these two characters. But without telling the story and taking away from the episode, we can kind of assume how that went down. And I, I think that's a really cool way of doing that. Well, if no one's going to disagree with me, I'm just going to keep going. Oh, is that what you think? <laughs> Oh, you want to fight me? No, I'm fine with it. Okay. I was just asking. Uh, Yeah, that's what I think, so. Anyway, Pablo Hidalgo, Mr. Hidalgo, talked about the development of the giant creature, saying, The creature on the ice moon was simply known as the ice creature in early story development. But at one point, it was Thranta, a flying manta-like creature based on the old Ralph McQuarrie designs. It continued to evolve into something scarier and uglier, briefly becoming an ice breath in the script before the final form, the Jakus, ended up in the finished episode. And finally, the First Order X-Wing drones are a new design for Star Wars made for this episode. They're pared-down replicas of the, that the First Order TIE pilots use for practice. These drones have no cockpits, and they feature a few nods to early Clone Wars-era designs, with wings similar to the Arc 170s, but even more cooler, the Vulture droids. Okay, Devor, I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm going to apologize for him now. Here is your complimentary water bottle. It's a spray bottle. Thank you. And water bottle you will not need. No, it's a spray bottle. It's a spray bottle. Um, oh. and if he gets a little bit too much, you just go like this, like, pss, pss, Okay. Pss, pss, pss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, Hi, Yoda! Water, I mean you no harm. Hi, Yoda, how are you? Moist. It is moist. Are you, how's your moistening going? Moistening is going well, yes. Yeah, yeah. And you see, I'm looking a little thicker. Yeah. Is that what that is? Moisture weight, yes. You ought to put that moisture weight. Mm. Oh, nice. So you're, that that's how your species get their beach pods together, huh, mm. for the summer. Feeling, feeling soggy for the summer. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Mmm, that's great. So, are you trying to get that nice Grogu, Grogu smooth skin? Ah. Mmm, I'm going Grogu smooth skin. Meh. Well, not everybody can be. How much you know about Grogu's skin? All the all the all the skin covered up giant rash. 
Yes. Not moist enough. Well, he was living on Tatooine with a single dad who had no idea how to raise himself. So. <laughs> bad for moisture. Well, I have a question. But by the way, this is our lovely guest, Devor. Please be nice. Hello, not mom. <laughs> Hello, Yoda. Mm, another not mom guest. <laughs> it's good to, to just, yes, to just be, he's senile too, so you have to just be a little bit slow with him. And Got so. It. You're doing great. You're doing great. Yoda Just... has not heard that word before. Does not sound <laughs> like a space word. Has heard space senile before. Well, I have a question for you. Hmm? Oh, yes. A question for Yoda. So mm-hmm. I got to think, again, because, of course, you were taken away from your parents as a child and all that, and you were raised as a Jedi. But if mm. you weren't a Jedi, what would you want to do as a job? Hmm? Microbiologist, maybe? Hmm? For those midichlorians? Well, Yoda, nothing about microbiology Yoda knows, but he could ask his midichlorians. Hmm. Oh. No need for degree. Hmm. Oh, Uh, no, you still need a degree for that. mm -mm. Massage therapist? No. Yeah. No. Maybe for the huts, though. You know, Mama the Hut was telling me all about how much she loved your massages. Huts? Dogs? Yoda can massage them all. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You really can get get on in that hut. Yeah, Yoda can do, like, space ralphing and really beat you up, or you can do no-hands-force Oh, my God. Massage-y. And with your moistening, you can just slide across that skin. Lots of moist. <laughs> I grossed myself out. No, gross. Gross. Could, could open little frog leg restaurant. Yes. Oh. Oh. Hmm. Yoda could be Yoda could be Space Colonel Sanders of frog legs. Is that cannibalism? Is it? Is that not a frog. I don't know. I mean, uh, Grogu Probably eats frogs frog. on Mandalorian. That's true. That's true. Yoda's uh, eaten many frogs. I don't think he'll... Are they... They're not Kermit, are they? Kermit shows up sometimes. I never saw that frog. Never saw. Never so Kermit saw showed up on the, the show one time, and then he never showed up again, and we're kind of worried about him. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, he showed up. We could because we couldn't find Yoda for like a week, and somewhere this, else he went. Canada, he went. Yeah. Yeah, and we haven't heard from Kermit since. In a way. I'm scared for him. <laughs> and if the police do come and talk to you about this, like I'm so 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 sorry. <laughs> Just tell him that you don't. Know Yoda doesn't know. We'll do. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Yoda. Oh, what? Go, what? go enjoy your moistening. Goodbye. Oh, okay. No, I'm seriously sorry if the police come and ask you about what happened to Kermit, because he just yeah. he just gets people involved. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's alright. So, so sorry. But we've yet to find Yaddle too. You know, Yaddle was all through here through our Clone Wars and our Rebels episodes, and then she, he just stopped talking about her. Like she just was gone. Chris, I'm I'm concerned for Yaddle. <laughs> I hey. just realized. <laughs> Hey, there's nothing you can and I as non Jedi can do in in some, in those affairs. You know yeah. what I'm saying? 
Maybe we actually. I don't even know what species they are. You know, I'm not getting involved. Hmm. I like my nice, safe, quiet podcast right here. Maybe Marshawn Rowe was right. Anyway, Act One. Act One. You ready to dive into Act One, Devorah, my friend? I am. All right. Feel free to laugh. It helps my ego. So we open after the events of last week where all the aces are just like, yay, we're fighting the first order. Oh, no, this is hard. And they all got their asses handed to them. And they're all pretty bummed out in the aces lounge. And Hype just kicks in the door and he's just like, hello, everyone. I'm wonderful. And you all suck. But I'm great. But, you know, just be upset about how awesome you are and stuff because the First Order can't chase us forever. And Griff is like, uh, I used to work for the Empire. They're going to hunt us until we're all dead. Every single one of us. You, 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 especially you, Hype, because they don't like aliens. So, yeah, we're going to have to fight them again and again. And they're all just like, anyway. Captain Best Dad Doza also kicks in the door, but he doesn't, you know, then because he, he's a dad, he has to fix it and stuff like that. So Captain Best Dad Doza is just like, hello, everyone. Y'all have to start stop sucking, because if you don't stop sucking soon, we're all going to die. So I'm going to give you guys brand new team leaders. This is Eager. You guys all know him. We love him. He's Boss Dad. Boss Dad is the best. And here's Kaz. He's fine. And they're going to train you. Have fun. Bye. And Hype is like, I'm sorry, what now? Y'all gonna train me? The plebs are gonna train me? I don't need plebs to train me. I did not sign up for the resistance. And Yeager's like, well, thank you for your useless input, Hype, because I thought you cared about your home. We're gonna do this. No questions asked. Goodbye! And Hype is not happy about working with Kaz of all people. And that's very important, because Kaz is like, hi, Hype, let's work together. And Hype's like, "Mm mm-mm. Anyway, so then we go to the bad guys. And Tam, with that bitch Rucklin, that bitch Jace Rucklin is making our baby girl Tam late, right? And he's all just like, thank you for helping me find my helmet. I'm just gonna blame you and throw you under the bus. And Tam's like, fucking hate you, space Nazi. Anyway, they're running late for pilot training. And then they arrive. And along with my beautiful, beautiful evil bitch queen tyranny, we have another evil lady who can absolutely step on me. And we are introduced to Lieutenant Gallic. And I love me a big lady. And I love me an older lady. And I love that she's older lady. Don't love that she's a space Nazi. That That's just how it is, though. And Lieutenant Gallic is there to kick ass and chew bubblegum. And she's all on a bubblegum. And she's all like, you guys are useless. But we're going to start training. And I don't know why I suddenly sound like I have a smoker's voice, but I'm Lieutenant Gallic. Get to your ships and train. And you know who's also getting to their ships and train? The Aces. So, they all meet in Yeager's hangar, and the Aces hate everything about this. And Yeager says they're going to go to an ice moon, whether they like it or not, and do skirmishes. And it's going to be like Kaz and Yeager versus all the Aces, which Hype thinks is hilarious. Hype's all like, oh, <laughs> you think you could beat us? And Yeager's like, did I stutter, bitch? <laughs> and Hype's like, oh, okay, okay. I guess we'll go down to the planet. And that's what they do. They go to the planet, and then they start the drills. And everyone's like, hooray, teamwork, this is going great. Except for Hype, who's just like, nah, 
teamwork does not make the me work. Me work makes the me work. And he gets in everybody's way. And he gets shot. And Cass and Yeager, one by one, pick off the aces. And it doesn't help that Hype is like, oh, well, you all suck and got in my way. So they all go back to the Colossus, and Hype is all pissed because Tora's chewing him out, and Bo's chewing him out, and Griff's chewing him out. And he's like, I don't need to hear it from you, Nazi. And Griff's like, excuse you, I'm a reformed Nazi. I'm here to help you. But my story doesn't make sense in this episode, so it's fine. And Hype's like, fine. And he, and they're, they, he quits. Bum, bum, bum. But we should also mention that while there is trading, we see a glimpse of a big old ice monster down in the mist. Also, also, bum, bum, bum. What'd you guys think Check of that Chekhov's ice monster. <laughs> All right. Devore, you're the guest. What did you think about one? So, yeah, I like the, I like the, I like the setup that we get in this first part here. I think particularly with what's going on with the aces, where we both at the very beginning of this and then towards the end of act one there's a line from Yeager. i'll quote in a sec about this conflict this tension between like being a racer versus being a combat pilot and the difference between those two um you know at the top of the show i talked about uh, like I, I talked about um i mentioned trials of the dark saber and the kind of parallels with like the training theme and there's something i talked about this uh, with McDowell on that episode, which is there's a similar thing in that episode, which is this sort of conflict between Mandalorians and their style of combat and then Jedi and the way that they do it. And like the whole episode is about seeing that tension kind of play out. And there's something similar with the Aces side of the story. Um, you know, after they have that first, their first exercise and, you know, Jaeger and Kaz kick everyone's asses and they're all deflated. Jaeger there, you know, when talking about hype, he, you know, he has this line where he says, quote, he was being a good racer, which makes him a bad combat pilot. Racers only think about themselves, but good combat pilots survive by working together as a team. So you're seeing that kind of like tension and mentality there um, between like what you need to be to be a good racer and what you need to be to be a good combat pilot. And I really like that. So. I, I, I wanted to point this out because it's probably my biggest gripe of this episode. I loved everything about this episode except for this one part which just doesn't make sense to me story-wise. Was Griff not a trained pilot in the, in the Empire? Like, we know he has an Imperial background. We know he was an Imperial TIE fighter. Like, I, I don't understand, like, why, for one, Why Griff, he isn't in charge? Why, why he not, is a... Or at least contributing, because, you know... He, he, he and Jaeger should be co-in charge, because Jaeger knows how to fly the X-Wing style, and he can tell them about their enemies, you know, combat techniques in a TIE fighter, you know? Yeah, and so, like, because we... Because we, it actually kind of goes with what you were saying, Navar, because every... Pretty much every point up to this, through season one, Griff has been shown to not be a good racer. You know, he's usually one of the last people racing, and I like this idea is because he was a combat pilot. I love this thought that he's a horrible racer, but he's actually a really good combat pilot. Um, and I, especially that line, I, I really love the line of, I didn't know Imperial pilots were so concerned for each other. We weren't. That's why we lost. Love that line. Yes. Yes. But I don't yeah, understand well, the story choice. Yeah, that sort of comes back thematically in the show, too, in, yeah. later in the episode. So I just, 
I don't understand this handling of Griff's character because I feel like he should also be st- like being. I I just feel like they're mishandling this character because this feels like the opportunity that he should be there with Kaz and Eager and Doza, and helping the others who don't have a a, a fighting military background get up yeah, to speed. I think this comes back to the cancellation confirmed theory that that he I I think all all the racers probably would have gotten a lot more character development in it but at this point they got to just sort of they got to keep this episode streamlined and it's two parallel training exercises and like so they 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 can't have anything extra to get in the way of of doing that you know so yeah, it it got glossed over. It got things things are get glossed over more in by by doing that by having to you know change your whole plan for a show. So I'm yeah. blaming it on that. I'm gonna blame all its problems on that. <laughs> I I guess it also extra bugs me because I felt like Griff going into the show was the most interesting character. Um before the show ever started, like when they were showcasing all the aces in the promotional material leading up to the series, like they're like, yeah, he's an ex Imperial. And the first thing I thought of was, well, what does he think of the first order? Like, is he going to be a traitor? Is he going to be a spy? Is he going to leave? Like Griff is such a, has such a potentially interesting story. Yeah. He even looks interesting. He even looks like one of the more interesting ones, you know, he looks like he would be the one you would want to like hang out with because he would probably have some great stories. You know, once he got a couple drinks in him. But. Yeah, yeah. And even, you know, when you think about, like, like, ex-Imperials, like, that kind of genre, that category has, like, has given us, like, so many great characters. I mean, you know, we've gotten, like, a Yerka Quell. We've gotten, like, an Iden Versio. Like, that's yeah. been a great genre in terms of, like, getting to see how these different characters sort of find their way after the Empire collapses and you know, some of the moral issues that they have to deal with, some of the guilt that they have to deal with, what they did during the Empire. So the fact that we didn't get a ton of that with Griff is kind of a big missed opportunity. I th- And I think it's just, I feel like they try to make up with it with Doza, because Doza actually gets a lot of work. You know, yeah. we see that he's ex-Imperial, and he has his daughter, and his, and his wife, and his family, and stuff like that. So Doza, to me, is kind of the balance, but... Griffin, they just look at him. He looks so interesting. <laughs> he just has such a good design and everything. Uh, it just bothers me. But um, but that's actually my only like huge gripe of the episode. Ever than that, I'm like, yes, I love this episode. It's great. <laughs> um, Chris, what were some of your thoughts on Act One? Um, Gaelic is kind of reminds me of uh the the warden in a. Uh, a women's prison movie, a like 60s or 70s women's prison movie. She does have that kind of like frow. Big, tough frow, Teutonic look. Usually they were depicted in the show as being, you know, whether overtly or just sort of, you know, presented as like kind of, you know, this is what a butch lesbian would be like. She'd be a prison guard because she wears a uniform and stuff, but that she has the same... That same, and actually, we uh, Thomas and I just watched a movie called Terror Express, and there was a woman scientist, and she was a great character in the '70s, you know, horror British horror movie, and she was the same kind of just like big, tough, 
tough woman and was like right there with the men just sort of like beating up on the monster and and cutting people up in the autopsy and stuff so yeah she's 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 a fun character um i only have like really kind of surface notes on this one i thought it was kind of weird i it makes sense that they you know like in the training exercise to be like set your you know set your guns to stun but you'd think there'd be almost like a different fr- they'd come up with a different phrase for it for ships you know because they're not people, you know, put them on, on low, you know. Damn you, Honeywell. Like, the one, like, behind-the-scene tidbit, I was like, this is kind of boring. I'm not going to put this into the behind-the-scenes stuff. Oh, there, and the, there's actually a tidbit There's actually, There's actually a description. It's the one oh, I didn't wow. put in there. Um, it's actually a low-power mode. These ships don't actually have stun modes. There's these, these They don't function right. that way. So it's, like, the lowest power setting so their sh- their shields protect them. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, so I, I, that's I just thought it was weird that they referred to it as stun. You'd think they would just have some sort of uh, some sort of flyer shorthand for it or something. But you know, I I got where they were going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're having the the exercise, um, there was just a really nice sort of jaunty, adventurous take on the 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 main theme during it that was really nice and i like hype shade droid i like how the droid uh <laughs> I am that too. his 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 body language was perfect the body language with the with this it was it was great you could you, you didn't have to know what the insult was you said it's so much nicer than i did i said hype stories just as much as a petty bitch as hype is both are petty bitches yeah, it's just two different ways to say the same thing. Hey, bitch. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys about some of your thoughts on this. Because um, I thought this was a nice kind of bit of world building. Because um, Gallic, when when Jason, well, that bitch Jace, um, and Tam arrive, Gallic specifically says, you have to earn the privilege to of being seen, meaning their faces. And this continues kind of the theme of the dehumanization of the First Order, where we see that like tyranny was using Tam as a way to like, you know, because she didn't want to condition Tam because Tam is still useful against Pyre's wishes, but she still started that thing of like, Tam, you have to wear your helmet DT five, three, three or whatever her numbers are. And so Tam put on her helmet because it dehumanizes her. And, um, I just wanted to hear some of you guys' thoughts about that kind of world building with this from Gallic. Yeah, I like that was one of those moments like I had forgotten about it, but when I was rewatching the episode and I got to that line, it was one of those like stop me in my tracks moments. Mm, re- because, Resistance has so many of those, which is why the show is underrated. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great line because it's like the the whole like the sequel trilogy does a lot with this, with about like masks and identity. Like we I, we of course have the whole thing with Kylo Ren where like he has it on for Force Awakens, smashes it in Last Jedi, reforges it in rise of skywalker there's everything about phasma and about like her wearing masks and like what that says about like her own identity um so i like that's something that's like i think that's something that's really interesting and like the fact that like some people in the first order have names some people don't have names um and it's even like something that's just like even beyond star wars it's something that we're seeing right now like in bad batch for example that you like you saw at the very beginning of that show where like you see that shift from 
the clones who are all individual and how like have their own armor and their own markings to just the uniform homogenous white armor so like I that mean, whole wasn't yeah, it also echo who said like we used to fight to try and have names and now they're everyone's happily yes getting a serial number or something like that yeah about the chain codes yeah yeah so like i think that's a like that's a thing throughout star wars not just a hero in the sequel trilogy this whole element of totalitarianism and the loss of individual like individual identity and just sort of becoming part of this like faceless mass i think it's really interesting because we've been talking a lot about how how well uh, resistance handles fascism um, yeah. And showing, and, and that was kind of what uh, Dave Filoni wanted. Like one of the goals that he wanted for this series was to show how everyday people would react to this like space fascism coming into their lines. And season one handles it so, so well. And now through Tam, I feel like we're seeing like, this is how they condition you. Like this is how they take away your humanity. Um, and tyranny is just the queen of gaslighting. Um, absolutely the queen of it. But we see how just like little things where she's like very nice to Tam, like calling her Tamara and stuff like that. But the moment she's done with her, she's like, now put on your helmet. Go away, DT5 through three. And it's it's just so well handled. Well, I've, it, there's sort of a, like there's a because um, like as far as fashiness goes, that's a pretty standard fashy culty sort of thing to put on your mask and stuff. But it's like it stands out in contrast because of how because even even the clones having their own individuality and stuff were still canon, still sort of, you know, canon fodder and, you know, they were created for war and stuff. So they had, there, there was definitely fashy issues in, in that, but then you see the difference between that and the empire and the bad, bad batch where the empires um, ratcheted it up a little bit, but like, and, th and this is something that we just sort of got through separate, you know, through the about the the first order is is sort of like a group that worships the 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 you know the things about the the empire. So they they're probably even more focused on you know dehumanizing or put on your helmet stuff like that is more sort of like fetishized with yeah. them. And I mean, it's, they're, it's they're creepier. Very much... it, it just keeps getting creepier and creepier as it goes on. Because the, that's kind of like the, the first order is very much the alt right versus the empire yes. being based on Nazis. And yes. it, it, it's so interesting to see how it has evolved, just like how from how the alt right has evolved from Nazism from like the 40s. Um, it's just really, I, I just think it's well done. <laughs> I don't have any like deep thoughts about it. I just I think it's really well done, and I it's gonna sound weird. I was gonna say I like it, but I mean I like how it's handled. Not I like fascism. Please don't take that out of context because <laughs> I don't. Yeah. No, Nazis no, yeah. can suck it. We've been fairly clear on the show so far. Yeah. I will never forget the time that we were talking about um, from a certain point of view, A New Hope, that book, and I was telling you about the the stormtrooper who took off his helmet so Leia could see there's a human under that. And you heard that and you just went, no, fuck that Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> and that will always stay in my head print free forever, Chris. That's why oh, I good. do. Good. I don't remember it, but I'm glad you do. <laughs> I do. I maybe just ever since then, like whenever I like, and I think it's because I see Jace Rucklin a lot and Jace Rucklin is like 
Nazi space, Aryan space Nazi of the show. And I hate him. I actually, you know, I used, I had a theory that actually because of this episode, Rucklin was going to defect first and go back to the Colossus because he was just like, my life's in danger. But, you know, as we know, he just is like, no, I'm just going to work harder at being evil. Yeah, yeah, I'll just lean into it. I must not be being evil enough. Speaking and of it's Rucklin, what I know. I must say, I saw your tweet, Devor, about mm-hmm. you finding out he's voiced by Elijah Wood. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, God. I mean, now, of course, like, once I found that out, like, now I can't not hear it anytime I see him. Like, I'm like, oh, of course that's Elijah Wood. But, yeah, that was. It's kind of like Mark Hamill. You don't know it's Mark Hamill, but the moment you find out it's Mark Hamill, that's all you can hear is that it's Mark Hamill. Yes. Yeah. There's some people, there's some people who can pick him out. I'm not, I'm definitely not one of them that picks out, like, voices. I can pick out Patton Oswalt. <laughs> but he's easy, you know, or I'd be, oh, hey, that's Christopher Walken. Yeah. Um, the only other little thing I wanted to say was I love that Bucky gets together with all the Aces droids to, like, talk them through it. And I just think that's a nice little cute detail that they did. So, but that's all I had for Act One. Did anybody have anything else? No, I think I no. got all my everything yeah. out of my system. So act two. Let's do it. Yep. <coughs> act two. That almost sounded like Beethoven's fifth. <laughs> it actually um, is. <laughs> <laughs> so I, because I, I act these out, so I, I like, I put my arms in the air, like, <gasps> and then you're gonna be laugh. So now I'm just sitting here with my arms in the air, like they just don't <laughs> care. It's fine. <laughs> act two. <laughs> So hype! I just fuck you, Chris. (laughs) 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 All right, all right. Seriously, we are serious podcasters. We have a cast. You're making us. Mm. Oh, I was about to say look bad, but we do that ourselves. Anyway, so Ecto hype hype uh, has quit, and everyone's like, oh no, hype. Um, and he goes to Aunt Z, and he walks in, and he's just like, hello, beautiful Aunt Z, and she's just like, hello, gorgeous. You know, we had a fun time going to Takodana together after we escaped those, like, you know, Nazi prison camps, and Hype was like, yeah, that was a really good time, good time. I really like your girlfriend, Maz Kanata. And Z is just like, yeah, I miss her so much. She's great. She's, she's like Batman. She gets the job done. <laughs> Boy, oh boy. Anyway, so I was like, so on that note, can I have some your spiciest drink? And she's like, here you go, big shot. And he gives her, he gives Z, uh, he, Z gives, I'm not their names. She gives him water and, and how, who are these characters? What are their names? I <laughs> think it's Quasimodo and El- El- Esmeralda, shut actually. Up. Shut up. No, it helps if I actually look at my notes. That's why I have notes. I promise we're good at podcasting, Navor. Uh, I promise. So, Hype is like, why is this water? And Z is just like, because we're on the run in a war. Like, what would you expect? We're running out of resources. And Kaz comes in. Kaz is just like, hey, Hype, I know you're a rookie and all. Not that you're really a rookie. You're just a rookie at combat training. And, yeah, but I'm here because I'm your friend. And Hype's like, I'm sorry, you're not my friend. And he gets really serious. And he's like, 
you're the reason that Tam left. Like, that's why I don't like you. You know, you took, you not only got between, like, me and, like, one of my friends before I could make up stuff, and, like, yeah, I have my own issues that I need to fix with Tam, but now you've taken away that chance, and I'll probably never see her again. I hope you understand that. I'm never gonna probably see Tam again. So, uh, I hate you. So thanks for ruining my, my friendship. And Cass is like, you're welcome! I'm just gonna go. <laughs> and he leaves, and Tora arrives, and she's gonna try her luck. And she's you know, flat out honest with Hype. She's like, Hype, I'm scared. You know, we're being hunted. We can't go anywhere in the galaxy. There is no Republic anymore. It got blown up. I watched it happen. So they're coming for us. And I need you here because you had a chance to run away. You know, back in the season one finale, when we were like flushing out stormtroopers, you were off with Anzi and her girlfriend. You know, you had a chance to run away and you came back because you like it here. So... I just want you to know that I get that you care for this, and I would love for you to be my wing make. But if you want to leave, that's fine, because I'm already better than you, and I'll be the best. So if you want to leave, at least I'm the best. But bye And Hype's like, oh, that bitch. Fuck. <laughs> so we go back to the baddies, right? And Tam and that bitch and the other pilot are out there, and they're starting their exercise with some fake X-Wings, and Tam is doing great, which is really great to see, because we've never actually seen her fly a fucking ship before this moment. It's the first time we see her fly a ship. So I guess she's finally a good pilot, we don't know, and that never happened in season one or in the shorts. And Tam is doing great. And out of nowhere on the bridge, old Goldie Pyre shows up, he's just like, Hey, Gallic! And Gallic's like, Hey, Pyre, I'm scared of you. And he's like, So how's it going with our new recruit? And they're all like, Ah, oh, well, your fuck buddy Tyranny's prodigy is doing really good. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I hate fucking her, but I just have to do it. She wants me so much. And Gallic's like, She... You keep telling herself that. And, and Pyre's like, No, really, really, she's so in love with me. And Gallic's like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway... Thank you for laughing. <laughs> They're secretly fuck buddies and they hate each other. Um, but, oh no, suddenly that bitch gets shot and no one cares because he gets hit. And Jace Reckling crashes and dies in a fiery pit. And everyone's celebrating. And they're all like, yay, we got rid of Reckling. This is great. He, he goes to, down. He went to join Buggles in, in the big space crash in the sky. And they, they sent Jace Reckling to a farm where he was never seen again. <laughs> Woo! And he, and he cried and screamed the whole time and cried and peed himself a lot. It's fine. I'm kidding. He crashed and then his legs were ma horribly mangled and they put him back together into a no. tiny little man who later saved Middle Earth. Oh. <laughs> That's funnier than what I was going to say. I was like, oh, he crashed horribly and lost his penis and nothing else. It's fine. <laughs> but anyway. Jesus, hope that's just awful. I know. It's Jace Reckland. We hate him. It's fine. He deserves okay. all the He's terrible... Fuck that Nazi. Fuck that Nazi. It's fine. No, but sadly, Tam is a hero, and she's a good person, and she has to save Reckland before he crashes into the bridge and takes out Iron Gallic, and it could have been the end of the entire series, but no, Tam had to save him or whatever. And Pyrosol just like, Gallic, looks like you have a hero, and Gallic's like, <laughs> you know who's not like Batman? You. Terry told me, and Pyre's like, it's hard when you have a helmet on. <laughs> this this joke is going to hate horribly, because we talked about Batman before we started recording, and this is going to horribly date this episode. But... <laughs> 
this is what we're doing. Anyway, drop it back to the heroes. Hype comes back into the aces like a drama king, and he, like, slides down David Bowie's style, and he's all just like, come back, bitches. And Yeager's like, great, you're signed to Kaz. And and then they're all like, oh, no. And Boss Dad is like, uh, you guys going to complain? And they're like, no, Boss Dad. Well, I guess we'll be wingmates. Fine. So they go back to the ice planet, and they start their, their practice skirmish. And they're all snooty with each other, and Hype's like, fine, Kaz, I guess you'll be my wingmate and blah 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 but oh no Chekhov's ice monster appears out of nowhere and it's gonna eat hype blah 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 really this this episode is gonna date horribly because I realized <laughs> halfway through we talked about Batman and Catwoman before we started recording <laughs> it's okay the people who listen have probably heard that it's that 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 story will have reached most people and they'll they'll be able to put it together or not or they'll go or they'll, they'll um, okay. go to the internet and try to figure it out <laughs> dear listeners if you don't know what we're talking about look up the creators of the harley quinn animated adult series and what happened with batman and catwoman and dc's response to that there you go everyone's caught up there so, you go there you what go. you think back to yeah so what i like about act two particularly when we get to, you know, when we get to see what's going on with the first order and the, order and the training sequence there is, you know, I mentioned in act one about, you know, how it sets up that contrast about like good racers versus good combat pilots. And here we get to see the contrast between, you know, the training that the aces are doing versus the kind of training that the first order is doing, which is that for the aces, the big emphasis is on teamwork, and it's about like trying to break down that individualism that the aces all have as racers. Versus with the first order, it's about emphasizing that. So like the whole like the whole way that the training exercise is structured is basically I think it's Gallic who says like whoever like whoever shoots down the most drones becomes squad leader. So it's setting up that competitive atmosphere of like you're trying to best all the other pilots as opposed to like trying to work together to like take down the enemy um so i like that the way that that contrast is set up there and it's one of those things that we've seen with the empire as well um it's very much like the sky strike episode that we had in rebels but um for for book readers it's very lost stars and it also reminded me a lot of the 2017 thrawn novel where Thrawn's first commanding officer in the Blood Crow was like, wait, you saved the humans and not the very expensive cargo? You were supposed to save the very expensive cargo, not the humans. And Thrawn's like, what? (laughs) The fuck? Did you just say to me? Really? Oh, okay. I guess I thought I was an asshole, but you guys. (laughs) See, I I see more like with the Empire, the Empire might have been like, good job, Tam, because... You know, TIE fighters are expensive and, um, you know, um, new recruits are expensive. But like the, the, the more fetishized, you know, the, the, the first order fetishizes cruelty, too. And, and, and like, like letting Rucklin die because he's weak and, and, you know, and failed is heartless and ruthless it's it's also kind of shooting yourself in the foot and they would have like he would have like caused damage to the star destroyer and cost him a ship and and all that but they want to foster that ruthless they want to foster that sort of like 
sociopathy or you know or like where you have you know that that emotionless you know just like well he's weak you know my my goal in this as a recruit is to get as many not to save anybody but get as many points as possible and that's like that is hard you know that's not something humans naturally do most humans (laughs) naturally do so it has to be sort of trained and forced and trained in there, you know, until just, oh, go ahead, Chris, sorry. Until it becomes more natural, you know. Do you guys think if this is this was the movies or a different franchise, Gallic would have just shot Ruckland on the spot there to prove a point? <laughs> no, I, maybe. Actually, maybe, but I think they would have probably done it more like you know um they, they she would have had a ship shot or something like that but yeah i don't know that's more of an r-rated the only reason i ask because in trust you you have the evil i don't remember his name the evil admiral shoot hux the moment he found out he was like oh you're cool. yeah and that's how hux died and that was what kind of darkly came to my head where i was just like oh well you saved him okay pew and tam's being like oh god yeah, no, that seems more like a Quentin Tarantino moment. But then again, the Man- Mandalorians had some Quentin Tarantino moments, but I don't I, know if we're going to get them in Resistance. I mean, yeah. Bad Batch had like a very dark moment. Yeah, ba- yeah Bad, Bad Batch yeah. Has, been very, has been very free with the murder, the random murder aspect of it. Which, to be honest, has never not been in Star Wars, but yeah. I mean, now I'm thinking, Bad Match literally had basically that moment that Hope is describing, where, like, yeah. they were on the mission to Andron, and the guy's like, I'm not going to shoot these civilians, and then Crosshair just shoots them. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yep. <laughs> and ever since then, we've been like, yay, Mantle Max. But that's like defying, or shooting Ruckland would just be like just shooting someone just to prove a point. And I'm trying to think of examples of that, and, like, I think about, like, the only one I can think of, and it has several examples in it, was uh, um, Schindler's List. <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's it's actually in the right context, and it would be something space Nazis would do, but it's, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like ex- executing some, you know, the, Hux was executed because he was a traitor, and, you know, he, it's just like, no trial for you. But yeah, just 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 wasting a life for the point of making a, a point to another recruit. That's that's some cold. That's some cold. You know, mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, anyway, anyway, I'll move off that. Yes, to go off what you were saying, Nabor. Um, I do think they, this is such a good way to showcase the difference between the good guys and the bad guys, because the good guys are using, quote unquote, stun blasts versus the live fire. Um, and we actually also saw that in Bad Batch in the first episode when Tarkin shocked them by using live fire on them. Hey, <laughs> that's the title of the episode. Pew, pew. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like seeing this kind of like rhyming oh, yeah. between the different properties. You see Gaelic actually scowl at the at the word hero so she hears the word hero it's like someone put a turd under her nose she's just like hey <laughs> what were uh some of your thoughts on this actress um that was one of them 
My other one was. <laughs> you gotta cut that one off the list. <laughs> my 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 other one was. I I think Taurus psychology she used on hype was way more was way more sophisticated than it was on the surface because I I think hype understands cooperation and understood everything. I think hype is just kind of a chicken. He's kind of scared, you know, and he was basically frightened and like he reminds me of people I know, know that were just like a little insecure and over, but over, you know, overblown about it. And so and when they would get into conflict, they would find a way to to argue with everybody and storm out and then they got loose of it. And and I think Torah, yeah, I think Kaz came in and did everything exactly wrong. And then Torah came in and Torah, Torah basically was telling him that, you know, she knew he was scared and and she was doing it by describing herself, you know, and, you know, just just basically like and I think he understood that she was just saying, I know you're scared, but you got you got to buck up and, and do this. I'm scared and I'm going to do it. And, and I'm just a teenage girl. So come on, man. But she did it very kindly and mercifully and and with with uh, with like bump, bumpers on for his ego and and gave him a nice, nice little out to do the right thing without saying, I'm scared. You know, I don't want to go out there and have people really shooting at me. <laughs> you know, I'm a racer. I just want to race. I don't want to shoot and kill and get killed. So I thought I, I I thought she like she handled it in a very sophisticated way for a for a teenager. Well, yeah, like, that's my my only other note. Well, I like that note a lot better than my note. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, well, you I should have used the shut the fuck up, Chris rule before no, I got but, it. Got but it I was out listening because that actually fits in a lot of stuff because we've talked about how deceptively mature Tora is you know on the surface she is a 16 year old girl she loves playing video games she loves like when excitement happens but it's clear that she's also been raised by a captain and a rebel pilot um with her mom and her dad and she is deceptively mature um and and she can see through bullshit easily we saw that in season one when Kaz is like I'm not a well she actually asked Kaz point blank she was like are you a spy Kaz and he's like, why? I'm not a spy. And she's like, I think you should go. Like, she she sees right through it. Because um, I, I was actually, I wrote a note about how I thought Hype was more stuck in a, in a system of complacency because he was raised in a peacetime versus a wartime. Because he did mention, like, as a kid, he remembered the Empire. But for the majority of his life, he's been raised in peacetime. Um, and he probably just never thought that this evil would ever happen in his lifetime. But that... Kind of, I like your note a lot better that it was more of a fear tactic than being complacent. What do you think, DeVore? Yes. Yeah, no, I, I really like that uh, that point that Chris made because like when I was thinking about that scene, that exchange between Torah and, and Hype, like I really was just thinking about like that element of like the way that she kind of plays to his ego about like she has that line where she says, well, if you go, then I'll be like the best pilot on the Colossus. So like like no skin off my back. Um, a little bit like almost like reminiscent of like, um, like what came to mind, like a new hope when they're on the death star and like, they want to like, Luke wants to go rescue Leia and like, Han doesn't want to do it. And then he's like, well, like she's rich. Like you get a lot of money if you do it. Um, (laughs) but, um, I like that, like, I like that added point that Chris brought in about like 
the, the thing that's kind of happening below that, which is like she's recognizing his fear and then kind of giving him an out in that way where he like he doesn't have to acknowledge it. So he gets to kind of save face. Um, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Good job, Chris. <laughs> I've had to do it in real life. That's why I'm saying I've had <laughs> I, I know I, I know specific times when i've had to do something similar but not definitely i did not handle it as deftly <laughs> as it was in this story you didn't handle it like a fictional character who has control no. over the overall story well it depends on how dumb that fi fictional character is written so yeah I, I i could have been a plausible fictional character but it would have been more <laughs> like kaz than it would have been torah um, speaking of Kaz, the, the only other thing I wanted to, I wish they kind of went more into is I really like that Hype blames Kaz for, for Tam and is holding him accountable for that. Um, because it, it really, a lot of it was Kaz's fault, but I wish they would have went into it more with Kaz coming back and being like, didn't you hurt her first? Like she told me about how you mistreated her. So you are pot calling kettle black here. And I wish they had dove into that a little bit more because I do like that drama, but I think they could have gone further. But I've also that, that would go against Cass's nature because at the end of the day, Cass is kind. He is a kind person, and that is his core instinct is to be kind over cruel, and that is why he's different from other characters like Rucklin. Even though him and Rucklin have similar backgrounds, Cass is kind and Rucklin is cruel, and we've talked about that all through season one. Um, but I, I wish I, I do like that moment where Hype flat out says, I don't like you. You made Tam leave and it's your fault. And I thought that was a really fun moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, like to me in that moment, like it felt like one of those situations where obviously like in terms of the immediate context of what happens in the episode, Hype is kind of frustrated about the training and the fact that like he's not as good as that at, at it as he thinks he is. And it felt like one of those classic moments where like, you're like mad at someone or like annoyed with someone. So you just like throw something in their face. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's exactly like, like, that's how it felt like when he brought up Tam, like he was already like, like, but like, like upset with Kaz, but like, he didn't want to say like the reason he was in that moment, like, cause it was about the training. So he just brings up this other thing. And, and, and it's a, ploy to take the focus off him too a little yes. bit <laughs> mm -hmm. but that's all i had for act two did anybody have anything else for act two nope chris well, i nope. think i'm good time to wrap this puppy up oh let's wrap this puppy up good <gasps> we need to put a little bow on it and then we can take this puppy and give it to the boar there you go have a <laughs> so but we made sure to give it air holes we're not cruel we're not horrible people <laughs> <laughs> so act three. Okay, I hope you're having a great time. We're crazy. Although we are cat, although we are cat people, but I we like are puppies. cat people. I, I I assume that you're a cat person too, because your Twitter has a lot of cats on it. I am. Yep. I I have a cat. I am. <gasps> I've got some water with. I, I'm drinking out of a cat mug. Yep. What is your Did cat's name? His name is Zeus. Zeus. <laughs> what color is he? Is he a big boy? Um, yeah, he's white. He's a, uh, he's a Himalayan. So he's like white and gray. Oh boy, oh boy. Oh, I, I, I will, oh boy, oh I'll send boy. you photos. <gasps> I love photos of Hope, kitties. Hope, did I tell you the, my new nickname for, for Bernice? 
Oh, what? How is how is Miss Bernice? She's in heat again as Aww. of today. She officially went into heat mode. We're, we're we're trying to sign her up at the vet, but it's there's like two month waiting lists, so she's gonna have to muscle it out a little longer. But she has a new name. What's her name? Cardi B. Why? Well, because her name's Bernice, so that there's the B. And because her thing now, like when I wake up in the morning, she's waiting outside my room and runs into her room where we have a table set up in the sun with a, with a piece of fur that she lays in. And um, my housemate does wool and, and, and yarn and stuff. So the, there's these brushes called for card, carding wool. And they're these big brushes with little short pieces of wire on them. And uh, she needs like two or three carding sessions. So she's Cardi B. Oh my god, that's so because dumb. Every day she's got to get, get carded. There's so much going on with that nickname. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, Chris. That is, that is the convoluted nickname I love. <laughs> Well, yeah, because most people, I'm like, I, I, I can't say, like, that I have to get up and card the cat every day, but that's what she gets a carding every day, so. Oh, my God. It's, because she's not technically getting brushed. She is getting brushed, but she's, if you want to be specific about it, she's getting carded. The very cute thing that Zep was doing today is he really wanted to go outside. So every time, like, no matter where he was in the house, every time he hit the door open, you would hear him just go zooming through the house. You would just hear, and by the time he got to the door, it was closed. And then he would walk away, and then a few hours later, one of us would get back, and you would just hear, because he's a big boy, too, and we have stone floors, so it's just like, it was so cute. So, all right, cat hour is complete. We're wrapping puppies. Let's go. Zeus, Seb, Cardi B, all got covered. Yes. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh. Zeus, Zeb, and Cardi B walking to the bar. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Where's the milk?" And the bartender was like, "I don't serve your kind here." And they're like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> And he's like, well, I'm actually DC, and I'm actually Batman. No! You know what no, the bartender no, did? Oh you know what the bartender did? No! I carded them. Oh. Like, like they oh, carded them like the wool. Uh, no! He asked them for ID. Okay. It's called carding. Yeah. So it's a double card pun. Alright, I killed it. I killed it. I killed it. You killed my Batman joke? I did it. I did it. That's okay. I think I'm over the threes, and comedy's only funny in threes. I think I'm way over that number. Anyway, X3! Hey! Bring it back. X3. Oh no, there's a big ice monster mouth thing about to eat hype, and hype's just like, ah! And they're like, oh, we know hype's still alive because we can still hear him screaming and going, Good, really awesome. I would love to be in the studio when Donald Faison was just sitting there going, ah! So, anyway. But all the aces are like, we'll save you, Hype. And they do some really, really fancy flying. And they're all like, yeah, we're great. But you know who's not great? Yeager. Because Yeager gets caught. And his his little boosters are about to go into the abyss of the Jakus mouth. The Jakus. I like just saying Jakus. It's a fun word to say. Jakus. Everyone say Jakus. Jacuse. 
Hey, Jacuz. Jacuz, what's a Jacuz with you? Hey, what's the matter for you, Jacuz? <laughs> what, what? Ew, don't talk Get about my Jacuz. Get out of here with that Jacuz. Ew, put your Jacuz away. Ew. Anyway, so everyone's at a loss. <laughs> Thank you for playing. Um, listeners, pause for a moment and say Jacuz. It's fun. Anyway, everyone's at a loss because Hype's like, ah! And they're like, we don't know how to save him, but this screaming is getting a lot, so we have to save him soon. But Hype is like, Guys! Oh no, Yeager's about to get e eaten. Sorry, Yeager's about to get eaten. Hype's like, I have a plan! And you know what kind of plan this is? And then they hear the music, and they see the rainbows, and unicorns start coming out, and Kaz is like, oh, I've seen this before with Niku. This is a My Little Pony Friendship has Magic plan. And Hype's like, that's... I'm not gonna sign off on that. But yes, <laughs> it's a Friendship is Magic plan. So, there's all these ice pillars around, and they're like, see that ice pillar? We're gonna topple it on top of Yeager. It's gonna let him go. And you know what they do? They pew pew the pillar, and it falls on the Jakus, and the Jakus is loose with Yeager, and the loosened Yeager flies away from the Jakus, and friendship is magic, they all go home. So we go back to the baddies, and Tam comes over, and she's like, Rutland, are you okay? I'm sorry I didn't let you die. And he's like, what? And she's like, nothing, I should've let you die, it's fine. And Ruckland's like, well, great, because you know what? I would have let you die. And, and Tam is like, I hate you. We will not ever be more than that. And, and Ruckland's like, that's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with letting you die. But Gallic comes over and she's like, you know what? You two made me look bad in front of a pyre. And do you know how hard it is to look bad in front of pyre? Because it kind of sucks. It, t it takes a lot to look to suck worse than Pyre, but you two made me do it, and I'm not happy about that. Because you know why? Only the strongest space Nazis survive, and you guys embarrass me by doing that, which is worse. It's the worst thing in the entire world, embarrassing me, and you're not going to do it again. Got it, kids? And I actually don't remember how that scene ends, so I guess it just ended, because I really don't remember how it ended. <laughs> Anyway, I'm doing this from memory. Here we go. We go back to the heroes, and everyone's like, yay! And they're celebrating it in Aunt Z's with water, I guess? I guess they're all just drinking water. And I guess what they're celebrating is that the aces trained. Yay? It's, it's a really weird scene. I hope they picked up some water on the planet, at least. You, you know? <laughs> I, I Yeah, right? They should have just like, scooped up some snow and was like, yay, water. Like, I, I have questions. It was like last week when they went to Dakar, and we're like, you know, there's a rest of a green planet you can get resources from, but okay, focus on the smoldering resistance base, fine. But there's a whole planet that you could go to, fine. Anyway, the whole point of this final scene is Hype is like, welcome to the Aces, Cass, and Cass is like, I'm an ace now, yay, the end. Anyway. <laughs> really, how did that, that galaxy end? I don't remember how it ended. How did it end? She was just like, Burr, you embarrassed me. And they're like, sorry. Like, was that it? Like, is there more to that scene? I don't I remember. don't remember. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm even looking at my own notes. No, I don't. I think that was it. <laughs> Burr, you embarrassed me. Sorry. Okay, bye. I'm Gallic. Yeah. <laughs> Deborah, what did you think of this act? Um, I mean... We, of course, get that parallel of, you know, Yeager being in trouble versus Rooklyn being in trouble and, you know, the difference in terms of, like, saving them and the kind of outcome of that where, like, 
it's you know the emphasis on like teamwork and you're helping out other people versus the whole like you know as you mentioned in your summary the whole like kind of survival of the fittest mentality that you have with the first order um i like um you know i like the arc that hype sort of goes on particularly in this episode like it feels like a very kind of classic star wars hero arc where like they make that kind of turn from like selfish thinking to selfless thinking or you know going from thinking as an individual to as like a team you know whether you take like you know like a han like i ain't in this for your revolution kid or you know like a Jin, like it's not a problem if you don't look up like where you start them at that point and they're just kind of looking out for themselves and just trying to survive and then they get to the point where they're working as a team or even like a you know poe going after the dreadnoughts and last jedi and then you get them to a point where they're sort of thinking as a crew, as a team. So I like that for him in the course of this episode. Something that I really don't want to do as we, and I'm saying this more to our listeners than to than quite what you're saying. Um, I, as I'm rewatching season two for the first time, um, this is because I've only seen it once, which was when it aired. And I remember having issues with hype story and I want to be able to look at the show and not hold against it what it could be versus what it is. Mm-hmm. And so I do really love this as a hype episode. My issue is from here on out, every time there's anything with the aces, it's all hype episodes. And I have an issue with that because, of course, we want more Griff and Bone. Fre- poor Bo has nothing and Freya has is just sort of there. Hype and- is the expensive actor and they want to get their... <laughs> Yeah, he's he's the he's a name actor, you know, so they want to get him. It just um, but I I don't want to take away from this episode because this is a really good hype episode and they handle it really well. And they also build really well off of hype story from season one. I just wish it kind of sort of stopped here because from here on out, it's always a hype episode. And that is what bothers me. Um, because I really that's just all the want space more. they had in the for now for one character now, so they were like focus on this guy, you know. If we ever get an actual season three, it better all be like Griff, Bo, and Freya Town all day long. <laughs> better be. How about them. we just get a mini series called Aces? Oh, you just said words that I love, <laughs> along with Orkin Flicks. They need their own mini series. And too. it's and it starts <laughs> out the way I thought resistance showed with you know uh anime montage of them all like running Ooh. down the hall and mounting their ships and flying out in the really formation excited, but i know i'm going to be disappointed so i'm yeah. going to say these words out of excitement but no it's going to immediately crash and disappointed so star wars visions is supposed to be like the animatrix of star wars where it's like a bunch of small shorts together and, and my thought was what if we got an aces short oh vision? no oh wow Oops. hope hope yeah, Hope. Oh, I've, I know. I've, I've been down this road with you before, <laughs> Hope. We've talked about this before. I know. I'll just forever be disappointed because I'm still just, you know, it still bothers me that you, we can't get these characters in, like, the comics, you know. We have these all these re- rebellion comics set in the rebellion time, and we can't even get, like, a Vanessa or a Yeager in the background or something. Like, that just, that, that will always bother me. Anyway. Oh, hey, look, it's my Thrawn and Lost Stars note. I was wondering where you were. <laughs> um, something I did want to bring up, though, which was something specifically you said, Devor. I'm trying to remember. It was about hype. 
Like the hero arc, that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe or maybe it was about the survival. Oh, it was the survival of the fittest. That's what it was. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. It wasn't hype. It was the other thing. Sorry. Because um, I just looked at my notes and saw Commander Pyre. So what I think is actually really interesting, too, is seeing the same kind of doggy darkness in the upper ranks of the First Order as well. Um because it's very clear that, the, like, Galak's totally, like, boss in charge and stuff like that. But the moment that Pyre shows up, she's she's clearly nervous. Like, she's noivous. And I like seeing that kind of mentality that even though she has a name, because we know names are very important in the First Order. If you have a name, you are a somebody and you've earned it. But the fact that she has a name and she has a high rank, she's still not safe. And I think that's a that that little like those interactions between her and Pyrus is everything you need to know that no matter how high you go, you will never Nobody's be safe. safe. Well, that's that. Well, we, my saw only that note, we saw that with Snoke. We saw that with Snoke. Yeah. My my only note was, um, you had two are two 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 morals. Uh, cooperation is good, and uh, or well, teamwork teamwork is good and teamwork is bad, <laughs> and teamwork is good is you know i mean we all know uh, in and out all the nuance of that but teamwork is bad just generally if you start you know and i'm sure tam is starting to think about this because when you start thinking about it it's like okay so if i'm not on a team what am i if there is no team what am i and it's like you're just a pawn you're a tool you're basically a slave you know you know the only the only thing you could really hope for is to to gain higher position and it's obvious a higher position is just a higher level of probably dog eat dog and competition and potential instant death so yeah you're in a pickle you know there there is no there is no team on the first order you know yeah, I- yeah, I, I like that point that you made, Hope, about, like, the upper echelons, how it's basically the same, and, like, you had the note about, like, the Thrawn book, like, that's the whole Orinda Price plot in the first Thrawn book, is, like, it's it's everybody trying to screw over everybody else. She's trying to take out, um, um, oh my god, what's his name? Uh, the governor of Lothal. Um, oh, Ryder Azadi. Yeah, she's taking out Ryder Azadi, like, Moff Gotti is, like, trying to screw over someone else, like, yeah. Um, so what's interesting about that too is Ryder actually started it by yes exactly but he did it in the name of the rebellion which is why it's so fascinating because he was like I'm here doing this in the name of the rebellion and he imprisons Arunda's mom falsely it takes an innocent woman and prisoners to take away her resources and her mind and so he he plays that politics too even though he's a he's a good guy you know and that's what it's uh, it's also interesting I gosh I love rebels so do I. Uh, uh, uh. But um, can we just take a moment to just say how pretty this episode is? It's so pretty. Agreed. It's so pretty. The ice is gorgeous and like the clouds and everything. And we've been watching a lot of clouds in Avatar because, you know, there's a lot of flying yeah. on Appa. <laughs> But it's actually, you know, to, to touch on Avatar for a second, we'll, we'll do your connections part of your show. To touch on Avatar and the whole three episodes that Chris has seen, um, I have started noticing kind of the similarities between the show and Rebels to Avatar, like how they do those very wide, grand, flying through the cloud shots. 
And now that I'm kind of rewatching that show with a fine tooth comb with Chris and watching this, I kept thinking like, wow, the first episode of uh, the first episode of Rebels actually has a lot of the very similar story beats as the first two episodes being the hour long premiere of Avatar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Definitely. Oh, my God. Yes. We say carefully around Chris's whole three episodes. (laughs) There's so much I want to say. Oh, I never thought about that, but you're totally right about that parallel. Yeah, I mean, it's the hero's call. Like, Katara goes through what, like, Ezra goes through of, like, not sure if he wants to leave home. You know, is kind of scared to take that first step into the unknown. Um, But then you have this catalyst come in, being the ghost crew and being Aang, that come into their lives that kind of, like... In, like it kicks off that hero's journey like there's a lot of like parallels there oh um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be thinking about that one yay <laughs> well that's why you have to come on hope makes chris watch cartoons with us and talk about avatar please 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 <laughs> i am actually like about to start get, to get ready because it kind of just it's does doing avatar snuck up on me completely and i was like oh shit we're doing this now fuck <laughs> Um, so I did, I need to sit down and like write out guest lists because there's a lot more people. It's, it's easier to find guests for Avatar than it is to find guests for Gravity Falls. <laughs> but Gravity Falls is so good. You really, you really, have you seen Gravity Falls? I have. <gasps> I wish I would have known. You should have been on. Chris just watched that for the first time and he had a blast. Didn't yep. you? Yep. That's uh, a good show. I got, I got to, I, I got to show off all my conspiracy theory background with hope with that going like whoa well this is very much like charles ford and i learned so much <laughs> i was like wow i knew you like conspiracy theories but i didn't realize how much and you're like i this- like conspiracy theories and cthulhu's and there was all sorts of stuff like that and, and- <laughs> gravity falls conspiracy theories and cthulhu's <laughs> that's, that's the subtitle so um, but I, I did want to touch on like how pretty this the show is. I I love the design of the Jakus and how how massive uh, massive it is. Like when you see it just holding Yeager's ship and just the blaster, not his blasters, the the thing with the fire comes out that makes the ship go go. What's it called? Thrusters. Um, it's just going into like the black void of its mouth, and there's nothing around it. It's just eating all light. It's just, it's so cool. I love that design. And I really like the Jacuzzi. And I just like saying Jacuzzi. Hey, Jacuzzi. Hey, Jacuzzi. That's it. Oh, it's Jacuzzi. almost, actually, it should be more like French. Jacuzzi. <gasps> Jacuzzi. I, I am taking Spanish, so it'd be, um, what? So, Jacuzzi. So, anyway, hi. Hi, Jacuzzi, man. <laughs> <laughs> we go off on tangents um did any chris did you have anything else for act three nope nope just teamwork good teamwork bad Debar, did you have anything else for act three nope that was about it um i don't have anything else either so time to give our final thoughts so on a scale of one to ten what would you rate this episode and why Please, our lovely guest, you begin. Ooh, uh, let's see, one to ten. And you can uh, go above ten because you're the guest, and you can just be like, I gave it a 15, bitches, I'm out. You know what? I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a nine. 
And yeah. why is that? Nine out of ten. Um, I just like I like I like the thematic stuff that it's doing. Like I like the commentary about teamwork versus like individualism that we see in the contrast between the aces and the first order. I like seeing the aces struggling with, you know, adopting a different kind of mindset going from being racers and sort of being good at that to going to be combat pilots and learning how to be good at that. I like in that way that the way that it connects to, as we've talked about over the course of the episode to like other things in star Wars, whether it's like, um, whether it is like a Trials of the Dark Saber, whether it's like an, the Antilles Extraction or Lost Ars Thrawn and so on. So yeah, I like that it's doing a lot of that like big Star Warsy stuff. Um, so yeah. This, um, this sorry, this total side note. I, I thought about this while you were speaking. Um, do you think that we will ever see like a big massive creature um, in Bad Batch like the Jakus or something? we've had like little creatures like the rancor and stuff like that but do you ever th- see them like going against like some big massive creature <sighs> they kind of toyed with it in the last episode although we didn't get to see it we just saw the tentacles yeah on on Braca. um we might there, that does people feel, have been saying that that's a um dianoga like in star wars and it's like Oh, they just released the... Um, Dianogas aren't that big. That thing was bigger and kind of squidier. They just released the um, episode uh, information for about that. Let me see. Let's see. Uh, Jonna had it on her thing. Gonna go through Jonna's Twitter like a creeper. Jonna's thing like a creeper. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Tomorrow Morrison's Rainer Island like Shirtless, and I'm here for that. Good job, man. Live your best life. Um, down through it like a creeper. Uh, 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 there's some cute loft cat pins yeah, coming I, out. I, Go support independent artists. There it is. Um, so this creature is called, this is from the episode Guy for Battle Scars. And this creature is called, if I can open up the right thing. Let's see, we're looking for the concept art. Hello, concept art. No, not that. It is It is a Dianoga. You're right, Chris. Hey! Yeah, that's just saying it's a Dianoga. But that Dianoga is, I guess, maybe it's a bigger Dianoga. I don't know. Maybe that's how they're. Maybe they. Maybe they're like. Um, oh, what are those fish called? Those they, they're almost like piranhas, and people will get them and they'll grow to the size of the tank. If you have them in a small tank, they'll 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 stay small. But if you keep getting them bigger tanks, they'll just get bigger and bigger. I I, I like to think that like the OG Dianoga, that thing was on one of the Star Destroyers, and then when they got it there, it got out. It just got out and got loose. They're always on those, yeah, you would think they'd always be on those, like, wreckage planets because they just get spilled out of the the garbage holds of all the ships. That's brilliant. (laughs) And then they all just come up like, oh, hey, George, it's been a while. Oh, hey, Mark, hey, what's up? How's your mom? I don't know. I was taken off my planet and put on a Star Destroyer. Me too. Well, you know, they, they, they keep the they keep the pests out of it. Yeah. Um, Chris, score up the episode for me. I'm probably gonna be the lowest score, although it's not I gave it an eight. I thought it was good and it served its purpose. I would have liked this to have been two episodes. I think if this had gotten stretched out into two episodes, it could have been re- have had a lot more resonance to it. Like it, it felt like it, it could have been 
expanded and 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 worked better so it sort of just had to hit the 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 beats that it had to hit so i'm giving it an eight i guess technically it's a a solid episode i guess technically it is though because next week is the the hunt episode where they actually hunt the jacuz to eat it because they gotta cook that jacuz um for barbecue day Mm. um so I guess technically it is two episodes, but I see what you're saying because um, that, that actually kind of falls into mind. Um, I'm going to split the difference. You're going to make your couscous. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> with, sorry. With I'm sorry. Jacuzzi juice. Ooh, jacuzzi juice. Mm. <laughs> My brain thought about that. I was like, ew, fish juice. Gross. <laughs> I mean, I love fish, but not like that. Um, I'm going to split the difference between you guys because I'm 8.5 out of 10. I think it's another fantastic episode balancing the First Order stuff, the Colossus storyline. And I really like a lot of the world building and the character moments. And the fighting of the Jakus is just beautiful. The ice planet is just gorgeous. But now that I think about it, my big major gripes like Griff would have worked better in two episodes. I would have loved to see more of Hype and Kaz dishing it out over Tam. And... The writing of Griff is just the biggest plot hole to me. I don't understand what is happening there because I think it's I think it bothers me because Filoni shows are actually so good with details like that. They're always so right. so good about that. And to be like when they were like, "You guys are now in military pilot training," I just kept going, "Isn't Griff a military pilot?" Yeah. <laughs> like I think a lot of that had to do with the, probably a lot of writing adjustments to deal with having one more season. Did he just, like, know? become 50 and just forgot, like, Yoda? He just became <laughs> senile and went on his own wastening? Like, what happened there? <sighs> like, I I don't understand those choices. And I just, I expect better out of these animated shows. And and let's take Floney out of this, because he was not in the day-to-day. I still expect better out of, out of people like Justin Ridge and 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 Brandon Allman and these writers, and now Je- Jennifer Corbett and stuff like that, who we know is the head writer of Bad Batch. Like, they've shown that this, they're not this plot holy and sloppy. And yeah, I feel like this is very they're also, the, yeah, they're, uh, what, like, like I'm saying, that they might not have ever had to do this before. You know, they might not That's have had true. to just sort of just sort of go through their, you know, they probably had stuff. They had probably had episodes written and they probably had seasons sketched out, you know, and and plotted out so they could know where, where to go forward with little lines going from here to there. And then they had to go like, all right, let's chop everything from here off. Let's take the end point and see if we can, you know, what what we can save, what what has to go and what we can adjust to make it all work and then there was probably time constraints on that so yeah it was probably rough <laughs> i mean it and it fits like we've seen this with disney before and, and yeah, that, that's about a point that i don't think this had the closest this kind of happened is i would say season seven of clone wars because clone wars was supposed to be eight seasons um and it got cut short because it got canceled um with the disney buyout and so what happened was, of course, like season five and six got thrown onto Netflix and then, you know, got picked up again by Disney. But then with season seven, we saw that with both the Bad Batch and the Martez sister arc. Those were supposed to be middle season arcs. They were never supposed to be in the quote unquote final season. And when we were covering that on our show, like we were talking about that, how 
you can tell that there were parts of them that they kind of had to like redo because it's, I, they went from being middle season arcs to being like final season arts. And you well, can now tell that now that I now that the Martinez sisters have come back, I'm sort of think I'm sort of thinking that that the decision to them and the Bad Batch being the arcs that they had before, you know, Siege of Mandalore was uh, sort of a uh, low-key low low pilots, yeah, and mm-hmm. they, they were thinking of that when they were, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the change in pl- readjustment, but that's TV. That's TV all over the place, so, you know, oh, that's yeah. what, that's almost like one of the elements that I think helps in some ways it doesn't always help but that sometimes it does it has the the limitations and the time limitations make people have to work work harder as a team and adjust more and stuff and you end up getting you end up getting some things that don't work out as well but like sometimes you end up with you know really good results like maybe a bad batch season and it really is the difference between cables and, and streaming, to be honest. Um, you know, it's this was a cable show. It had to live and die on cable. Um, and and we know that. We've, we've well, actually, I don't know. If, have we talked about Matt Braley talking about that on this show? Because I don't, I don't know if we have. Um, Matt Braley is the creator. I don't know if we talked. To, I, I know we've talked about it, but it could have uh, been it, on it, either it, show. I'm old and a bit ditzy, so. Well, um, hi, I'm going to go off on a little cable tangent here. Devor, is that cool? Sure, go ahead. It's your show. Yeah, uh, you're the guest. I and mean, feel free to like you have input. You're fine. We're we're used to rambling. Um because we know that this show was stuck in the wasteland of cable because it was created bef- during it was created as early as season two of Rebels. It was in the works. But it was created in a time period where Last Jedi wasn't even completed yet and it was finished before Tross was written. So it was for one and that had that going against it. Because it was just in this like weird wasteland of not even knowing where the sequel trilogy was even going to go. But then it also lived on cable. And the problem with cable is, is that they don't really get to decide how long something runs for. Point being Clone Wars being prematurely canceled before they could do its full eight seasons that they wanted to do. I actually kind of like that it didn't run for eight seasons. I think it would have been too long, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, total side note. But I wish we got Dark Disciple on screen. That would have been great. Anyway, side note. Um, but the thing about streaming is they don't have to worry about cancellations, you know? They don't have to worry about, like, a cable channel coming in just being like, you know, the numbers aren't great. You know, the toy sales aren't great. So, well, I don't think we're going to ever see this again. Because I doubt we're going to ever have another Star Wars animated show on cable. I just, I don't see it happening. And we already know, and, and I say that we know, um... There have been already moves with Disney shutting down its extra cable channels. Disney XD is being worked out of the international markets over the next few years to where it's only going to be in the American market. And shows that are on normally on Disney XD, like Star Wars The Force of Evil, Amphibia, Owl House, they're all ending next year. Well, Star, is, Star vs. is already over. But Owl House and Amphibia are ending next year. So they're already t- going away from these cable shows. And none of the new shows coming to Disney are on these side channels, Disney XD. The reason that's important, because Disney XD is what Rebels and Resistance both ran on. So I think just going forward, like Resistance was just kind of caught in this weird in-between because it was not the flagship show of Disney+. Plus. That was Clone Wars and Mandalorian. 
And Rebels was the very first thing that came out of the Disney era. It aired before Force Awakens. So it got all this hoopla and bells and whistles. And poor Resistance just got stuck in the middle. Um, but I just don't ever think we're going to go back to a cable world. So I don't think we're ever going to have to worry about this again. To ever have to worry about a show being prematurely ended soon like Resistance because it's going to be on streaming from here on out. We're moving in that direction and we're not going back. Thanks for yeah. coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, agreed. I mean, like, yeah, the the parallel universe in which Resistance debuted on Disney Plus, I think, is <laughs> one to like, is is one to think about. Yeah, I just the things they could have done with this show, um, just and to really just take its time and flesh up because season one is so solid. It functions and works like Rebels. It functions and works like at least Clone Wars, where it has that slow build up into this beautiful finale. And you can just tell that season two is just them trying to duct tape it together to get the story across. And it just doesn't work. You know, we're going to get a character like Mika Gray. Mika Gray comes in and she's this really cool character and she knows about Sith temples and she's awesome. But she never gets to go anywhere, you know? And I, I feel like there is a bigger, like, story here about like we have to kind of appreciate what is there because there is a lot of cool stuff there and i i love this show because of a lot of the really fun stuff that it is doing and it is pushing the boundaries and i'd rather a show push the boundaries and fail than not try at all which i feel like is often the mandalorian and bad batch which are both to me to me very safe shows i, I find them incredibly safe but at least I feel like Resistance was trying new things and pushing the boundaries. So those two could function better. Resistance took its hit so those two could run, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know if it failed as much because it was risky, but because it was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was on you cable. You came to the wrong neighborhood, Resistance. It was. It was, <laughs> it was on cable. It was in the point where the movies were becoming scandalous and didn't know where they were going and it couldn't tie into it and disney was like panicking and like what are we gonna you know how are we gonna blah, 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 blah. and it, it just was and you know it's it it was probably just gonna happen to some show that that turned up in in an awkward space because they were they were methodically putting stuff out, you know, and eventually they were going to hit something that didn't that 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 was, you know, either timed wrong or or didn't go over well or whatever. And resistance was just it was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, it's the um, it's it's the solo of Star Wars television. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's the thing that a lot of people like has a strong fan base, but it just came out at a bad time. Yeah, good though. I love Solo. Yeah, <laughs> I, lo I love Solo and I love Kira. I'm so happy. Spoilers. For I War generally of the like bounty hunters. Solo. <laughs> Spoilers for War of the Bounty Hunters, but I'm so happy that Kira's back. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yay. Um, quick announcement. Hey, guys, we're going to have another guest next week. And I'm super excited. You guys heard her before. She is a dear friend of both of our shows, actually. And we're going to have the return of Allie Andrews from Knights of Ren podcast. Yay. And maybe, and maybe, just maybe, her co-podcaster Maria will join us. 
Um, still working out that detail, but you'll have to wait and see if we get Maria or not. But we have we officially have Allie, and I'm very excited about. And we love Allie. She's just to have such a young person's perspective is always so fascinating because me and Chris are old farts. We're old asses. We're old. Oh my God, Hope, come We're on. Old. You're well, yeah. I'm old. I'm old. I got How old are you, divorced? <laughs> I mean, I'm 29, but I feel old. Oh, you're young. Oh, <laughs> God. You hit that. Uh, I pro- you're going to hit that 30 mark, and the moment you turn 30, you're going to be like, this is great. And the next day, you're just going to be like, why do I feel like I'm dying all the time? <laughs> so enjoy enjoy 29. It's the last year you. that you're going to feel great. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. You poor pups. Oh. Mr. I'm 50. I'm in my 50s. Me, me, me. I'm original Star Wars fan. I saw a new hope in the theaters. Me. I did. I know. Yeah. Anyway, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page or the Two True Freaks website, which is brand new and shiny, which is why we, you know, it's great. I love it. Um, but we're not going to be doing feedback this week because we do have a lovely guest. Um, so, but please get in our feedback for our resistance episodes, and we would love to hear from you. All right, gentlemen. So, do we else? do do we do feedback if we don't have a lovely guest? If we have a guest that's not lovely, do we do feedback? Is that how you we go? Listen to other people. We, is that is that our secret secret sign that we don't have a lovely guest? No. Okay. Just I mean, check it. No. But that would be fun. Be like, oh, this guest sucks. All right, well, let me tell you. Here's people t- reading, writing feedback and telling us how great we are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, we might get a sucky guest if we just invited random people on. But yeah, hopes vetted all our guests. So they're <laughs> always they're always awesome, and it's 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 so boring. We haven't had a dud yet. That includes you. You're awesome. As well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not um, it, compliments. Divorce so polite and like quiet over there. I'm just like, <laughs> does he like us? I don't know. I do, I do. <laughs> Laugh at our jokes. Laugh. No, it's fine. Jeez, but anyway, um, Tavor, hey, thank you for joining us on our show. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. But before you leave, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find a larger view of the force. Pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts, you know, wherever you're listening to this, chances are you could probably listen to me. Um, So I'm on Apple, Google, Spotify, all the big ones, a bunch of little ones I've never heard of. And you can also find the show on Twitter at a larger view pod. That uh, my brain. (laughs) Sorry, I thought I was still muted and I started talking and I was like, oh, God, I'm muted. And then I lost my job. Yes. Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That is our website and where we keep all the podcasts, including this one, secreted away. You can sign up for our RSS feeds there. I said secreted. And uh, it's a different kind of secreted. But it's still, I still said secreted. Oh, say it. Secreted. Secreted, secreted away in our moist vaults of podcasts. I was about to say, say Chris secreted in uh, Yoda's voice, please. Secreted. Oh, Alright, keep going, sir. Secreted. Ugh. And uh, there's nothing better than the smell of a musty podcast when you break open that vault and it's full of old, uh, like, 
old musty podcast smell. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, mm, you can also find us on uh, <laughs> on Facebook. We this got is the point where Devore was like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> podcast page. And, uh, and uh, we post all our podcasts up on there, all our, our plethora of podcasters. And we also have the Two True Freaks Cantina, where you can just come in and like hang out, man. It's it's like no big deal. And we are also on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, the yeah. place where people talk about Batman's oral technique. <laughs> Bat, was it who was it? But was it Catwoman or Batgirl? No, it was Cat. Ew, no, it's Catwoman, <laughs> his wife. No, that that's actually what got me the most. Catwoman, I was like, so you wife. guys are. You guys are not okay with him being loving towards his wife, but you are okay with him banging his friend's, like, teenage daughter? What the fuck? <laughs> fuck you, DC. Oh, DC. Oh, DC. I guess Batgirl was not a teenager in the When will you ever learn? Yeah, when will you ever... a young adult, but whatever. But, yeah. Gordon anyway. would have still kicked his ass. Gordon would have been like, you did what to my daughter? I don't care if she's a consenting adult. I'm gonna kick your ass. See, he's gonna turn on the bat signal and Batman would show up and be like, what's up, Gordon? He's like, oh, I heard you did stuff with my my daughter. And he, like, kicks him off the roof and that's Gordon's villain's origin story. Hey, you can find me at Jedi on Twitter. That is our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinax. Chris and I have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. And let's Jeez, Hope, you didn't even let me talk about... Oh, Gene! Gene, Gene, the podcasting machine! I'm so sorry. Gene runs, runs our, our Twitter, Twitter The place where all that, that, all that Batman stuff, that's why I don't go on Twitter right there. That's why Gene does it for me. And G- and all of us, he takes the bullet for all of us. Gene, Gene, the bullet taking machine. Why? He's I'm taking sure. the bullet for all of us. So By the way, Gene has a theme song. That's what I kind of half did just there, just in case you're confused. Gene has a song. <laughs> Got it. Because <laughs> we'll be like Gene, Gene, the podcasting machine. Da 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 da. Gene, but he Chris threw me off with the bullet taking machine. What the fuck is wrong with you? He's taking the bullets. He's 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 doing Twitter, so we don't have to. I do Twitter, Uh, so. I know. You're braver than me. Mm, Speaking of you, where can people find you, Hope? Uh, Twitter is lovely because that's where I met Devore, and he's fantastic. But as I said, you can find me at Jacobs and Jetta and at Hope Molinax. Chris and I have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, where I force him to watch all my favorite animated shows. We let's see, we're finishing up Gravity Falls right now, and we have already started Avatar: Lost Airbender. I just can't, I can only edit so fast, you guys. We're working on it. <laughs> Avatar is starting soon. Come join us, um, and you can find that at HMCWC Pod on Twitter. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Devar. Thank you. I'm sorry about Yoda and Chris and us. <laughs> sorry, it was. It was good. <laughs> I told I, I I warned you. It's it's a show. <laughs> but come back and join us next week. We'll at least have Ali Andrews and maybe Maria will be joining us too. And next week we're going to be talking about Hunt on Seltzer Three. So crack open your favorite seltzer water and drink it down. Oh, I finished my seltzer water. I had three of them. That was a horrible joke. Please take us to Chris. Chris, something. I'm dying here. Chris? Chris? You're-
ain't just gonna let me die comedically. <laughs> Chris, you're an asshole. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I thought you were laughing at me. I'm not. I'm going like slow down there, party animal, and I'm like, oh, I'm muted. Die here at the end. <laughs> no, I was, I was, and then you were laughing, and I'm like, oh, that went over well. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were just being an asshole, but no, I was being an asshole, but in a different way. No, it was just an accident, not an asshole. It's fine. No, I mean, I was being an asshole while I was muted too. I mean, <laughs> all right, I guess stop recording now. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes that helps others find the show too. Thanks for listening and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, Two True, True Freaks. Freaks.